Hey friends, welcome to Waking Up with Lauren Coletti. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. I am not going to lie to you guys. It has been a very funky week. And I use the word funky because this is probably the fourth time that I have tried to record a podcast episode. I tried last night, I tried the day before and earlier this week, and I have deleted all of them because halfway through, I'm just like, mm, no, this doesn't feel right. It feels forced. And y'all know that I hate putting out content that's not super authentic. If I have an idea, an inspiration, a creative hit, I like to just make it flow. But I feel the last few times it's kind of forced. So I'm working on not holding myself to a deadline and not feeling the pressure that I put on myself that there's this expectation I release a perfect episode every week. God knows all of my episodes are really unfiltered and raw and vulnerable, but I'm not going to upload an episode once a week anymore if I don't feel that it's super aligned. But today I was journaling and I wanted to share some journal entries along with some journal prompts because I know a lot of y'all are on a spiritual healing journey as am I. And for me personally, journaling has helped me through so much through the last 10 years of my life and more. I think I started journaling when I learned to write and it's a a tool and a healthy coping skill that I think I'll carry with me throughout the rest of my life. And so my morning routine, now that I'm currently unemployed, I have so much time, too much time that I'm not really in a routine and I would love to get back on track with a schedule But here's what I do every single morning, every single day to keep my mental health in check. And I truly feel like this is what has caused me to increase my mental stability throughout time. So every morning I'll wake up and I'll meditate for maybe five to 35 minutes. So I believe in meditating as much as you possibly can. I don't think you can meditate too much, but... Even five minutes a day really makes a world of a difference. And then after that, I'll journal for roughly 30 minutes or until I just don't really feel like doing it anymore. But again, a little goes a long way and something is always better than nothing. And that's why I wanted to share with you what I've been journaling on, share my own entries and give you some tips and suggestions for your own questions to write in your journal if you're having a hard time getting started. And I felt like my journaling practice has been really beneficial to me since I got home from Europe. It was a huge transition and I was feeling really lost and a lot of fear coming up. I still am, but I'm trying to work through it. And when I'm done journaling at some point else in my day, I'll do 15 to 60 minutes of yoga and then I work out. So, or vice versa, right? Work out and then do yoga. But (laughs) I know that, like I said, a little is better than nothing at all. And I'm lucky. Well, I don't know if this is a privilege to be unemployed because honestly, it's really dehumanizing (laughs) and really frustrating to be unemployed when you want to be employed is probably the most degrading discouraging feeling in the world but I know in the future when I start working I'm not going to have two hours every day to 30 minutes journal 30 minutes meditate 30 minutes yoga 30 minutes workout um 
So even five, 10 minutes of a self-care activity that you personally enjoy and that you find cathartic could do wonders. It makes such a difference. And maybe it's not for you doing yoga or meditating. Maybe for you, it's walking outside in nature or calling a friend. But even with calling a friend, I want to just preface that with it's good to call a friend when you need support, but you don't want to have to consistently lean on people for advice. I know one person that anytime that they're having a struggle, they always lean on others to give them the answer. And I think there needs to be a balance where you have to find that answer within yourself because no one knows you like you do. No one knows what's in your heart. No one knows what your intuition is telling you. Only you can connect with that. And it's your job to trust yourself and listen to that still small voice. It is a great coping mechanism to have a strong support system of people that you trust and feel safe with that maybe sometimes you can vent to. But I don't want to say that that should be your sole number one go-to. It is a lot healthier and better than like drugs or self-harming, but there like I said there always needs to be a a give and take and when we listen to ourselves and gain that clarity from inside that internal guidance I think is so much stronger than external voices or people telling you what they think is best for you but as I was saying find what works for you we're all different and I was meditating today and I found this actually really interesting so as someone that has been in therapy since I was 13 years old. I'm now 29. (laughs) Feels crazy to say that. Um, I have tried like everything, right? I've been in therapy. I've been in group therapy. I've been in all different kinds of counseling. I've done medication therapy, like everything, you name it. But as I get older and as I feel like my trauma continues to follow me, Personally, I think I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face and it's not helpful anymore to stay in that victim powerless mode of just complaining, complaining, complaining. I understand the clinical benefits of CBT and talk therapy, I think are wonderful, a wonderful place to start if you are new or a beginner being introduced to therapy and you just need someone to hear you, to see you, to validate you, to affirm you, a safe space where you're not going to be judged. That is so important and critical, I think. And I have been doing that for 15 years. (laughs) So I don't find it to be particularly helpful for me anymore, particularly because I, my whole life has been trauma after trauma after trauma. And I just have all the awareness in the world and insight is so important, but there comes a point when that trauma becomes your identity, right? And the trauma literally gets stuck inside of your energetic and physical body. And I'm starting to recognize, I think all my trauma is stored in my back because as long as I can remember, I've had neck and back problems, chronic pain, severe uh, degenerative disc disease, bulging and herniated discs, sciatica, scoliosis like I have (laughs) like everything you can think of sprained uh, strains muscle spasm everything and I think that it's all trapped inside of my neck and upper back and my lower back now I have some weird pulled nerve in my lower spine and 
I really want to clear that shit out because I know that personally, I trust that trauma is the number one cause of cancer. And that could sound really ignorant and arrogant, but truthfully, that's what I'm convinced is true as a survivor myself of cancer. It was interesting the second I cut off my abuser, the perpetrator that would continuously violate me every day, the cancer just cleared up on its own. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And I'm convinced that when we have unhealed trauma stored in the cells of our body, it begins to change our bodies and break down our bodies. So I don't want to carry this shit with me metaphorically. I don't want to take this stuff moving forward all the weight I carry on my back for my whole life has been super fucking heavy and I'm ready to release it so with that being said I'm gonna get back into EMDR therapy and I'm looking to explore somatic experiencing and IFS internal family systems I hear a lot about IFS from Gabrielle Bernstein and somatic experiencing is especially great for people that have post-traumatic stress disorder or have a sexual violence or assault history or domestic abuse history. I've heard really good things because when these things happen to us, we tend to detach and dissociate from our bodies and it could feel really unsafe to be present. It could feel just not comfortable to be in our own body. So I'm looking into those things, but This morning, I did an IFS meditation, and it really helped me to dissect the parts of myself that are trying to protect me and really evaluate what my dysfunctional behaviors, the purpose that they serve, and what they're aiming to do. So for me, what this looked like was I picked a protector part, and I sat with it, and I looked at it, and at first, I was really irritated with her. Because there's a part of me that is deeply afraid to be close to people, a part of me that is really scared of intimacy, of true, healthy, mutual partnership. And so because I am so afraid of intimacy and scared of love, I will chase after emotionally unavailable men. I'll beg people to validate me. I love people who would never love me back and I want people that want nothing to do with me and ultimately in the end I feel inherently flawed, defective, and deeply rejected thereby um, affirming my limiting belief, my wound that says I'm not good enough. And so I touched base with her and I felt so frustrated, I felt so discouraged, I resented her because I'm like you're the reason for all of my problems. Like you just fuck me over. And I always end up heartbroken over people that couldn't care less about me. And then I took time with her and I really tried to understand her. And there came a point when the facilitator of the meditation asked, how old are you? And the first age that popped up into my mind was 11 And then 13, so in between that middle school range when you're in like 6th to 8th grade, 11 to 13, and adolescent. And I had a memory where my dad got a liver transplant when I was around 12 years old. And it was, I think, the day before my birthday. And I got a call that my dad had to go into emergency surgery and he was going into liver failure. 
and they were waiting on a liver transplant, but they weren't sure that they could get a new liver in time. So if they didn't, my dad was going to (laughs) die. And I was just a kid, so I didn't understand the the magnitude of the situation. But I can remember a feeling deep inside of my bones that said love isn't safe. It's not safe to love someone because when I love someone, I will always lose them. I'm always abandoned. And I remember that feeling when I was three years old. The first feeling I ever remember feeling in my entire life was feeling not chosen. I felt my family didn't want me because I was given up for adoption. And then again, when my dad went into liver failure and I felt my dad is going to die, all I could remember was this fear that everyone I love, I lose. So when I thought back on my recent experiences of how does this come out now in my life that I'm an adult, why do I beg people? Why do I chase people? Why do I fight so hard, try so hard to be loved when ultimately I know the people I'm choosing aren't available? They're not reciprocating. They're not interested. They could never love me the way that I tried to love them. I had a hit that said, well, it's either that or nothing. And I have a deep fear that I'm just going to end up alone with no one to love. So a little bit of breadcrumbs, a little situationship is better than nothing. And maybe if I can't get close enough to someone where there's reciprocated equal love, then I'm safe, I'm protected. Because if I never know what it's like to be loved, then I can't be afraid to lose them again, even though... I know rationally, logically, that that's not the case because I end up being hurt and abandoned, abandoning myself rather, every time that I'm rejected by these people, every time I give my all to someone, every time I go out of my way for a man that's just using me or just, you know, wants to keep me on the sidelines while he finds the love of his life. So. I might try to link that meditation in the show notes. If I remember, I will definitely do that. It's been, wow, that was a really short but powerful meditation this morning. And I'm really happy I did that. So I'm going to keep exploring with these IFS tools and somatic experiencing and see where it goes, where it helps me. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep journaling every day if I can. Uh, Journaling is just Personally, I adore it because I love writing, but even if you don't have a notebook and a pen, you can do it on your phone or on your laptop. I don't prefer this, but to each his own, fine. What works for you? Okay, so now I'm going to jump into the journaling. There's a lot of entries, so I don't know how much I'm going to get to, but I'll share as much as I can and stay tuned for some prompts that you could do at home by yourself at the end. All right, loves, I'm going to start here. This was a free journal. I haven't journaled in so long. Wow, it feels so weird. This was written July 2nd, so right when I got home from London. I was so mad when R called me last night, but I knew he would once I got home. I feel so much emotion right now. All is collapsing around me. I think my life needs to be reassembled because all aspects of me are being dismantled. I feel overwhelmed and I really don't know where to start. The last few months of my life have been so heavy. Everything fell apart from the seams. Last night, I deleted my dating apps. Today, I'll work more on my visa. 
I want to get back on track with my workouts, but I often feel powerless over my own life. I know that I'm not, but I feel helpless much of the time. I make choices that aren't aligned with who I wish to become. They're the opposite of my authentic self, and they go against my higher voice. I judge other women for their appearance often, for their clothing choices, behavior, sexual expression, actions, etc. I judge myself for this so much more, what I wear, what I look like. A quality I see in others I want to develop is self-control, loyalty, honesty, willpower, truth, self-respect. A quality of myself that I offer the world is empathy, compassion, listening, kindness. I'm not being who I want to be, though. I want to be truthful, assertive, authentic, focused, self-loving, loyal. I know I'm happy when I feel inspired. Oh, magic, wonder, love, peaceful presence, gratitude, connection. I know I'm stressed when I feel disconnected, overwhelmed, frustrated, dissociated, unfulfilled. I know I don't want something when I have to keep questioning it. My body feels a certain way. I go back and forth. I feel doubt. So just to recap, so the first part was just free journaling, but the questions that you could write down in your journal, the prompts are, how do you often feel? So for me, that was powerless. So write down how you often feel so you can kind of be the interpreter of your own patterning. The second one was you judge others for you judge yourself for a quality you see in others, a quality that you like for yourself. You know you're happy when, you know you're stressed when, you know you don't want something when. So the next will be, I know I do want something when, dot, 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 fill in the blank. I know I want something when I feel excited about it, a full body yes. There's no question because it feels aligned. The identity that has been assigned to me is by my mom family that since I went and I'm going to school for something, I need to dedicate my entire life to it and spend all of my time solely on that thing. I feel like I'm supposed to follow this certain way of living that doesn't feel aligned with me. I think I know who I am, but the life I live doesn't reflect that. I feel a lot of anger, built up resentment and injustice at men for the way that they treat me. R-M-P-L not going to say their names because I'm being nice. They all hurt me, but if they're simply a mere reflection of what's going on inside me, then their lesson is to teach me how to love and respect myself. They rejected me or made me feel invisible, unwanted, because I refused to accept myself. So I sought their approval and begged for their attention, which got me nowhere besides feeling desperate. With R, I felt so rejected, unwanted, not chosen, invisible, unloved, not good enough, unimportant, insignificant, worthless, not seen or heard, and inadequate. I really felt like I haven't loved someone in such a long time since N. R was the first person that I've loved since him, but really he had the same effect that J had on me, which I've only felt once before in my life. I tried so hard for him to feel the same way, but he couldn't and he never will. I saw the version I wanted to see who I hoped he could be, but it was never him. He'll never reciprocate, and I gave so much without him asking to. I begged for his attention, but he cannot meet me halfway. He won't accept me. It's not his job to validate me. It's not his responsibility to make me feel good. It never was. I, I won't wait around anymore for someone to change their mind about me or see my worth. I let him go. And so the journal prompts here would be... After I know I want something, 
the identity that has been assigned to me. I feel like I'm supposed to follow this way of living, fill in the blank. Do I know who I am? And who do I feel anger and resentment toward? Continuing. Part of me still craves this, I won't lie. But I am okay with us never being together because I know who he is and he is a boy incapable of equality. <laughs> he will never give me what I want and I deserve what I need, which is love. L didn't reject me, but he did refuse to hear me. He made me feel exploited, objectified, and worthless, like I don't matter, unseen, invisible, exploited. I said that already. <laughs> Violated, invalidated. It's all the same, really. Dirty, ashamed, gaslit, manipulated. He didn't honor or respect my boundaries. I felt so small. Like with R and M too, I felt my voice didn't matter, inferior, similar to how I felt with N and many times before when boundaries were crossed. However, it is not on them to abide by my rules, although assaulting someone is never okay, but I need to hold myself accountable for sticking to my boundaries. I am in charge of who does and doesn't enter my life, who I allow in my space, time, body, energy, effort. So there, when you're journaling, if you're doing this exercise, I want you to write down every person that has hurt you, every person that you feel has wronged you. And it could be your whole life or it could just be the last year or 10 people. And I want you to write what they did and how you felt wronged, how you felt hurt and where the pain is coming from. And then I want you to rephrase it to where you take responsibility and accountability for your side of the street. Like where I said it was never on them to validate me. It was never on them to uphold my boundaries. It's on me to follow through my boundaries. It's on me that I did all these things without them asking me to. And it's not to blame yourself. It's not to feel guilty but it's just to know where the patterns are, where the repetitive dynamics are. So in all of these situations, we have a common thread of feeling invalidated, feeling worthless, feeling used. So if we can highlight these key words that keep coming up, we can start to then dissect our own patterning, which I think will help us to change our behaviors. So this next prompt was, I disrespect myself when. I disrespect myself when I give men another chance that they don't deserve. I betray myself by letting abusers back into my life. It is a form of self-destruction, self-inflicting pain. I don't want to abuse myself anymore. I need to remove access from people who continually hurt me. So I'm going to repeat that in second person. We disrespect ourselves when we give people who inflict pain on us another chance. We betray ourselves by letting people who continually hurt us back into our lives. It's a form of self-destruction, self-inflicting pain and sabotage. Do we want to keep being abused? No. So we must stop abusing ourselves. We need to remove access from people who continually abuse us. So I just wanted to repeat that because that is like everything. <laughs> okay, P. I really couldn't give a shit about P anymore, but let's see if that changes later. I was hurt because I felt unchosen. I liked him and he ghosted me more than once, so I felt rejected. 
I attempted to make him want me, but he got my hopes up and I was so disappointed, wishing he'd just give me another chance because there was no one else at the time. So I was let down. Now I'm over it. I didn't understand and I was confused, but now it doesn't matter. On top of that, with him liking my post really made me irritated and was a huge turnoff. I don't care to impress him anymore. I wrote that about someone that ghosted me like three times and then um, recently started liking my posts and watching my stories, which was really irritating. I don't understand why people do that. It's like they'll ghost you, but then they'll watch all your stories and like your post. It's just um, not that it's mixed flags mixed signals but it's more so immature than anything else like if you don't want someone don't lead them on don't breadcrumb them don't try to see if you still matter to them because you're at that point just trying to fulfill your own ego and it's just not cool to do that to people so red flag bye bye all right here's another one m this is difficult because it is still a fresh wound I'm really hurt and flooded with emotions of rejection, unlovability, feeling unwanted, unchosen, insignificant, unimportant, ashamed, invisible, embarrassed, humiliated, stupid, dumb, (laughs) pathetic, used. This is how I feel. Notice the patterning here. Because if we look at our relationships, our romantic, our familial, our platonic relationships, we will often find a wound that keeps coming up over and over and over again. And often that wound is the thing that we need to work on and heal in order to manifest healthy, happy relationships in the future. So that's just my perspective. It's worse than being used for sex because at least with sex, a part of my body is involved, but he wanted nothing to do with me at all. I was ignored, overlooked. It was so painful to feel so small, insignificant, invisible. I've never felt so undesirable in my entire life. He really blindsided me because he didn't seem like that, and I thought he liked me, but he just pretended, which hurt me even more, to know it was all a lie, not real when my feelings were. The amount of shame and embarrassment was overwhelming. I felt angry and resentful. I don't know what I expected, but it's painful to realize you never meant anything to someone, especially since he was the first guy I'd like since R. (sighs) So here is where I talk about my recurring patterns. patterns. A lot of the recurring patterns that come up in these situations is feeling rejected, invisible, unseen, insignificant, unlovable, unwanted. So if you look at all your exes, your past relationships, really write down what happened, the part you played, the part they played, how you felt, why you entered that relationship, why you stayed, and start to write down the common words that keep reappearing. I have felt these emotions a lot throughout my life in numerous ways. It started a long time ago, but has gotten worse and more amplified over time, even in a variety of areas of my life, career, not getting calls back for a job, with friends feeling overlooked and unimportant, with family small, invalid, unheard. It all comes down to feeling devalued, worthless, undeserving of good things, not feeling enough as I am, feeling bad, wrong, incompetent, uh, inadequate, inferior, defective. With myself, I often feel like I don't measure up. I fall short. I don't feel worthy of a lot of things. I think this causes me to excuse and allow poor behaviors, mistreatment into my life. I fear if I set boundaries or cut people out of my life, then I will have no one. I fear failure, being alone, never, never. 
I feel I fear failure being alone. I fear I'm inherently a bad person. That that never really uh came out of nowhere. So here we're gonna write down, like I said, our recurring patterns, but how they show up in our behaviors how they show up in the way that we treat ourselves and how they show up in our relationships, the way we act towards men, women, fill in the blank. And then this will be the last prompt, I think, is we're going to write down all of our fears, what we fear physically, mentally, emotionally, socially in general. And I'll finish reading my fears and then we'll wrap up for the day. I fear my flaws will be revealed. I fear I will always make mistakes. I fear my trauma has ruined me. I fear I'll never be happy or satisfied with my life. I fear I'll never have, do, or be enough. I fear my life is going to waste. I'm useless. I'll never get what I want. This is all for nothing. I'll never find love. I'll forever be lonely. I'll always hate myself. I'll always be abused. Never in a healthy relationship. I fear getting old, fat, ugly, unbeautiful. I fear if I lose my youth and looks, I'll be even more alone and visible than I already am. I fear finding love, but then they find someone better. Leave me, cheat on me, and it's my fault for being not sexy, pretty, or good enough. I fear I'll always feel damaged, too broken to love, that I'll never accept myself, I'll never be approved of. My life has no purpose. I'll always be broke, struggling, too poor for a good life. I fear what I want will never want me back, including people. I fear it will never get better, and this is all there is for me. Oh, that was depressing. But those were some journal of my own journal entries and prompts that you could use and incorporate into your own journaling practice. Let me know if you like these. I'll continue reading more. I love reading from my journal. I love journaling and I would love to share my journaling process with you. Sometimes I just free write. Other times I'll just write about what's going on in my day or in my head to clear it out. Other times I'll do specific prompts like these or I'll just write gratitude lists like what is coming up I'm excited about, what good things happened this week, what do I have to be grateful for. Sometimes I do affirmations like I am or what I'm working to manifest and I'll write about my goals. So it really depends on my mood for the day. Lately I've been trying to be a researcher into my own thinking and patterns of behavior. So let me know. I have so many if you want to hear more. Um, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing episodes like this or if I'm going to try to do more video content episodes. I tried to re record a video podcast last night and it just felt really inauthentic to me because part of me felt like I need to make videos to market and advertise my episodes on TikTok and YouTube. And if any of you have listened to my episodes for any amount of time, you know, I do not like TikTok at all. I personally think TikTok has been the downfall of our society. That's an unpopular opinion, but I feel like social media really will be the death of us all. Um, so I don't want to spend a lot of time editing TikToks on TikTok, wondering if people watch my TikToks, because I just feel it's so externally focused and I don't need to seek any more external gratification than I already do. So the whole time I was recording my podcast, I was so worried about what I was looking like, the lighting, how my voice sounded, if my hair was out of place. And it really took me out of the moment and didn't feel like it was coming from an authentic place anymore. So I just deleted it. I said, fuck this. I'm just going to keep doing what feels good to me and what feels true to me. Um, 
and I'm, I'm working on that, not betraying myself, not feeling like I need to do something for views or whatever, because I think the right people always find you and you always find who you need to. So I don't know, I might try to experiment with doing another video episode if it feels aligned, but more so coming from that place of like, I want to do it, not I feel I need to do it. So <sighs> that's that, my loves. I'm going to wrap this up because I'm going to go work out now and do something with my life. So <laughs> I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. If you want to check out my blog, I'll link that in the show notes, my website. You can connect with me on Instagram at Lauren M. Cluddy. And I'll talk to you in the next one. Have a great week.